More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. It's Tuesday, everybody. It's a glorious day to be alive. Thanks for being with us here on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. We got a lot to talk to you about, which we... I think always do, but today, got a whole range of things that come to top of mind. You've got a one of the former 51 Intel officials has come out to say, this is the headline right now on Fox News, the ex-Intel official who discredited Hunter's laptop as Russian disinformation makes a stunning admission. That's the headline. Uh, I got news for everybody. They all knew that they were lying. I know some of those individuals they are not dumb. They are just dishonest. But Clay now makes sense of that. Also, National Archives. We've been talking a lot about the Biden documents. National Archives was saying just a couple weeks before the discovery of the mishandled classified that there were no mishandled documents by the Biden administration, that it's misleading and false. Turns out that's obviously not the case. Also, a fascinating situation in the wokeness diversity inclusion and meritocracy category we're gonna have jason miares uh the attorney general of the state of virginia with us in the third hour of the program because it seems some schools are telling people that they or rather not telling people when their children have achieved a national merit finalist or national merit uh, commended scholar designation because it makes some people feel bad and because the demographics of who's scoring high on these tests isn't what the woke community wants it to be, as in they believe it's a problem that there are too many Asians who are overperforming. That will be a fascinating discussion. We'll get into this. But, you know, sometimes there's a, a, a moment where a topic that Clay and I are both very focused on, as well as a sport that I actually play and pay attention to, all come together. And that's where we are right now with the shots. Um, before we get into the sports aspect of it, Clay, can we just play from, uh, I believe this is just from last night, Dr. Marty McCary, who we've had on the show countless times. I like to remind everybody, 
McCary, Dr. McCary's never come on the show, been like, wow, guys, I got that one wrong by a mile, right? We, yes. we tend to have the people on, Berenson, McCary, good on the list, who have been essentially right or entirely right about every major thing here. They just had a new booster for COVID. Clay, you tweeted, I think you broke this news on this show this past Friday, right? You mentioned on air that it had just broken. Uh, what, but that there was stroke associated with it? Yeah, that they were examining for people 65 and older whether you were more likely to have a stroke in the 21 days immediately after you got the most recent booster. That's the first public statement that the CDC has made to suggest that these most recent, the bivalent COVID booster, whatever they're calling it, may be something less than beneficial to everyone. And I think there's going to be more and more of these designations coming out because it's getting harder and harder to claim first of all that there's much protection offered by these shots at all secondly that there aren't some negative consequences particularly in young and healthy people you know it's amazing that the same busybodies who want everyone to be uh concerned about eating red meat because it will destroy the planet and even more concerned about eating bacon because it's a carcinogen Everything that you want to do in life pretty much is a carcinogen or is tied to the usage of pesticides that will give you that that are carcinogens on their own. And and yet with the vaccine, it will, as we all know, if you questioned anything, it's not that you were questioning or, or even had questions as a general principle. You were a bad person and you were somebody that needed to be shut up. We know this from the Twitter files and a whole range of other things. But here's Dr. Marty McCary pointing out that vaccines have been pulled for far less than we already know about this bivalent booster. Play 10. Out of 550,000 Medicare beneficiaries, 130 of them had a stroke within three weeks of the new bivalent vaccine. Now, this is the vaccine where it was authorized without any randomized controlled trial. We had a big study come out that showed that the incidence of complications, severe adverse events, was one in 800, and the German study said it was one in 5,000. Now, I'm not saying pull the vaccine from the market, but we've pulled vaccines for frequencies of adverse events far less common than we're seeing with the COVID vaccine. Rotavirus was pulled for a complication rate of one in 10,000, and the swine flu vaccine was pulled for a complication rate of one in 100,000. So the rules all change, Clay, when it comes to COVID. The people that are supposed to regulate and enforce rules of safety change all the safety rules yeah and this is why i think if the republicans uh in the house are listening right now and i know many of them are we've got to do away with immunity because the reason why they pulled those other shots is legal because... legal immunity right <laughs> not yes. herd immunity yes yeah 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 uh the reason they pulled those other shots is because they were afraid of plaintiff lawyer lawsuits and Look, I'm not claiming that trial lawyers are without fault. Certainly, there there should be, uh, I, I think, a lot of remediation, a lot of changes in terms of the, 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 the lawsuits that are filed that are frivolous in the United States. But drug companies often are policing their behavior because they are afraid of what will happen if they don't in court of law. And right now, when you have given them immunity, they don't have that fear. And there is a, I believe, collusion that has gone on because 
all of our public health authorities, Buck, don't want to admit that they got it wrong because they so aggressively supported uh, these shots and their mandates. And the drug companies certainly don't want to give up their uh, their protection from liability. So as a result, we're having people continue to get shots in arms that are creating oftentimes, especially in young and healthy people, far more negative health consequences than they are being protected from. And now we have the sports aspect of this. Yes. We're bringing it all together. You know, this is where all the threads come in, come into uh, to one place. Camilla Georgie, I'm not familiar with, with her from the past, but uh, she is a professional tennis player who's getting a lot of heat right now for something that I will tell you was a consideration for me and many others, especially if you live in one of the lockdown lunatic zones like New York City, Los Angeles. It was get the shot or you literally can't do your job, can't go to a restaurant. People forget this. How oppressive. Can't go to the gym, can't go to the movies, can't go to get a fast food meal. Nothing. It was true tyranny. They were the Stasi of COVID. And you had to get this little passport, this this little piece of paper. Now, it was easy to forge. And I know a lot of people who forged them. I'm just going to say it. I know a lot of people who did that. Yeah, yeah. I think that they look back on it now as a health matter and feel very proud that they didn't actually go forward with a shot that they didn't want for people who didn't. Camilla Giorgi visited a doctor in Italy. Uh, she is a highly telegenic female tennis player for the uh, male members of her audience. When you Google her, I'm sure there's a story on Outkick. This seems there like is an certainly Outkick. a story on, on yes. Outkick.com about her. This this story is uh, running up the charts. I have a feeling yes. like at Outkick. So Camilla Giorgi uh, visited this doctor that is in Italy was found to be forging vaccine passports for people. She says she did nothing wrong. She actually got the shot. Here is how an Australian Open press conference went today. Play it. Did you rely on any documentation provided by that doctor to satisfy your requirements to enter Australia? Nothing dangerous, not at all. She's in trouble, so uh, I don't need to... But I want to make sure you understood the question, because I'm not sure you did. Did you rely on documents provided by that doctor to do the right thing by Australia, to provide what you needed to provide? Did you rely on her documents? Of course, if not, I, I wouldn't be here. Does someone else want to phrase the question? Did you, were you vaccinated by that doctor? <laughs> Once. The other vaccination, I did it in different kind of places. So, is what I'm trying to, to explain. Did you go to other places because of course. you knew of her background? No, no, no. So can I, this is where the normal people, first of all, not all heroes wear capes. Some of them wear little tennis skirts and carry a racket. Okay. Yes. Cause I look, she says she got the shot. I think a lot of us think that, you know, it's a, quite a coincidence if she was going to the doctor that was making the fake, sh- you know, the fake, pa- the fake uh, vaccine passports for people. Maybe though, maybe I'm not saying she didn't, but Clay, the notion that the Australians, I mean, Australia, as I have said, we thought it was. England with better weather. It was Australia. I'm sorry. It was East Germany with koalas. Like it just completely lost its mind over COVID. How are these lunatics in the press hounding her over this? How, what, what have they not figured out yet? And it's really just they, if you didn't bend the knee, they're angry at you. Well, especially because Australia doesn't require the COVID shot anymore, which is really funny. Last year when we were on the show, Buck, uh, around this time, Novak Djokovic was held, remember, for a week. They wouldn't let him actually enter the country because he had gotten a waiver. And they said, this is unacceptable. He flew all the way to Australia. They held him basically in captivity for a week. And then he turned around and was forced to leave the country. 
This year, he's going to play. He's the favorite to win the Australian Open. He admittedly never went and got the COVID shot. Now, there are allegations out there that this woman who we were just hearing from getting grilled by Australian authorities used a fake COVID vax card to play in uh, in tournaments where otherwise she wouldn't have been able to play. And to that, I say, frankly, more power to you. There are a lot of athletes out there, Buck, who got fake vax cards all over the United States, all over the world, because they know their bodies better than almost anybody, right? If you make a living based on your health, they looked at the data. They said, this is ridiculous. I don't want to get these shots. And many of them got fake vaccine cards. Well, also, think about the ethics involved in this. I don't believe they'll go to this length. I haven't seen it, I should say. I haven't seen it yet in this country. But in some of the lockdown lunatic regimes out there, Australia, topless. I mean, Australia, honestly, you know, people completely lost their minds. I mean, they had quarantine camps for people with COVID. It's like they set up quarantine camps for people with the common cold. They're completely, they should be ashamed. What they did is disgusting. The Australian... Do you remember, Buck, like they had a video lead news story of a guy who had COVID and got on an elevator? Have you have you watched that video again? They they put out it was like they were, you know, they were looking for, you know, a bank robber. There was a guy that serial quarantine. Yeah, I mean, it was it was completely in serial. I mean, no, they treated it like it was a mortal threat. You're right. It was even worse than a bank robber. And and here we are now. They're still pushing this stuff. Anyone who is still demanding obedience to the covid regime is a brainwashed puppet of the apparatus i mean it's really disgraceful at this point it has been for a long time i'm just saying it couldn't be any more obvious and and i think what's going to be interesting is so what are they going to do they're going to force a doctor to violate patient confidentiality to violate the oath that you have as a doctor you're supposed to have patient confidentiality about health matters to say who actually got the shot and who got fake paperwork Think about for a shot that was stupid and pointless and nobody should have been made to get under any circumstances. And, and there's no really requirement. Listen to how they're grilling this Australian tennis player when there's no requirement in Australia. Now, Buck, this is still crazy. You know, the United States is one of the only countries in the world that still require, unless you walk across our southern border, which we've mocked for a while, Novak Djokovic could not come to the United States right now and play tennis because he admittedly has not gotten the COVID shot. If I weren't a citizen, I wouldn't be able to come to the United States. Yeah, he's I mean, the best tennis player in the world for anyone who's not a tennis watcher. And one of the one of the greatest, some would argue, in the top three all time. So it was a big deal when he couldn't play uh, on the USTA circuit at, or play play at the, at the US Open. And, and it's appalling. And I do think... You know, there's there's this attitude of we have to sort of, you know, move on, let it go. No, I, I'm actually not. I'm not even close to being okay with what happened, moving on, getting past it. I think the Democrats haven't paid the authoritarian or haven't paid the price for their authoritarian Fauci lunacy. Not even close. Um, and I think that people really need now is the time because they can't hide it from you anymore. Everyone now is the time to dig into the numbers and facts and realize everybody who's walking around saying uh, everyone I know has long COVID and I need two masks and I got my sick shot. And why are you even walking outside without a mask on? They were brainwashed and suffering from deep emotional and psychological disorders as part of their political tribal loyalty. It's really sad and pathetic. You're 100 percent right. And it's not going yeah. away. That's how I feel. Unfortunately, about it. just saying. I also want you to make some money in the coming year. I want you to make smart investments. 
because with all the inflation and the volatility you're seeing out there right now, what are you going to do on your with your retirement account with the money that you've worked hard to save? Well, the Phoenix Capital Group suggests you diversify your investments. They want to introduce investors like you to high-value oil and gas investments here in the U.S. with current yields which range from 8% to 11% APY paid monthly. These are corporate bond offerings, and they're open to all investors with annual interest paid monthly. Phoenix Capital Group offers live webinars to learn about Phoenix's business structure, ways they offer security for their offerings, risks, and their financials. They host live Q&As where they'll answer all your questions. Sign up at investingwithphx.com or call 323-PHOENIX. Investing in bonds has a certain risk before making investment decisions. You should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Sign up today at investingwithphx.com. That's investingwithphx.com. Or just call this number, 323-PHOENIX. That's 323-PHOENIX to connect. Helping you separate truth from fiction every single weekday. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Our good friend, Lena Wynn, CNN's health expert, also the Washington Post health expert. You may remember her as the person who essentially said, hey, we shouldn't allow people to travel state to state if they haven't gotten their COVID shot. All of a sudden, she's seen the truth, the light of day. It's taken her years 
She wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post arguing that we've been wildly overcounting COVID deaths because, and you couldn't even say this uh, on social media for years, there was a difference between dying with COVID and dying of COVID. Um, and here she is announcing to everybody, yeah, you know what? It turns out we have been overcounting all the COVID deaths. I just thought this was great coming out of that Australian uh, open grilling that the girl's getting for one not wanting to get the COVID shot. Here's Lena Wynn saying, yeah, the United States been overcounting COVID deaths. One of the people that I interviewed was Shira Duran, who is an infectious disease physician and hospital epidemiologist at Tufts. She and her colleagues came up with a different measure, which is using dexamethasone, the steroid that's used to treat cases of severe COVID. And she and her colleagues found that in cases of hospitalizations that do not involve dexamethasone, it's very unlikely that the primary cause is COVID. And so the state of Massachusetts actually turned to use this measure. So they're reporting both the total hospitalizations with COVID, as well as the total hospitalizations with dexamethasone. And they found that about 30% of the current hospitalizations are actually for COVID, as opposed to 70% with COVID. There you go. I mean, I don't know what the final number is, Buck, but we've been saying for years that everyone dying with COVID had three or four comorbidities, and suddenly it's acceptable to say that now. This is why Elon just tweeted out, the truth is finally coming out. And I think it's so interesting that all of these people, I mean, there was this blue check brigade that was policing. And, and as we know, at the very highest level on Facebook and on Twitter yep. and, you know, I was shut down multiple times. I tried to start a YouTube channel, shut down because before you and I were even working together for talking about COVID things. Everything that we said was right, more or less. I mean, on the big things. Yes. And now they're like, yeah, let's just move past this. No, no, I don't think so. I think now that we all know they were wrong, now we talk about it. There needs to be a reckoning. There's no doubt. Um, and if you don't trust the experts, uh, it's probably a good move to be taking uh, all the control that you can over your ability to take care of your family. You've got health insurance. You've got car insurance. You've got uh, life insurance. Probably a lot of you do. Do you have food insurance? Have you gone out and bought something to protect you in the event that food shortages become more pronounced in the days, the weeks, the months ahead? Right now, you can't get eggs. Uh, who knows what you might not be able to get in the future. Why not trust My Patriot Supply? You can save $200 on their three-month emergency food kit. We've got this in our house, a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, dinners, drinks, and snacks. Enough to feed one person for three whole months. Get hooked up now. $200 off. All you have to do is go to preparewithclayandbuck.com right now. $200 off for a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Preparewithclayandbuck.com. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. How much do you think a panel in San Francisco that was investigating what reparations uh, level, monetary level, should be for each individual or for each uh, household of black residents in San Francisco. How much money do you think the panel recommended? Just wondering. Just want you to think in your head. Um, if you guessed $5 million, you get the prize. Uh, it was a $5 million one-time payment that this San Francisco panel studying reparations on behalf of the city of San Francisco 
Uh, it was established by the San Francisco supervisors in 2021. There's also, by the way, a separate task force created by California's legislator to study reparations. And uh, it should be noted that there's also in this uh, study a demand that there is the complete elimination for all debts uh, that uh, that all debts that a black household may have so credit card debt mortgage debt anything any financial debt would be wiped away i don't know if the task force means that that then is just added to the tab because that is money that's owed to somebody this is always a part of the yeah just like cancel debt debt is owed to someone yeah what percent i mean when you hear five million dollars i mean that is such an outlandish number buck what percentage of Americans do you think have five million dollars in assets? In liquid right assets, now? less like than one tenth one? of one, less than one tenth of one percent, maybe one one hundredth of one percent, something so like that. So when you hear, and I think that's about right, when you hear that number, we used to when I back back in my full time law practice days, we used to say one reason you want the least educated juror possible if you are a plaintiff's lawyer is because the lower the education level of a juror, the less likely they are to understand the value of money, right? Because you're just like, oh, we'll give them $5 million. We'll give them $10 million. And plaintiff's lawyers know this because there is no conception of the value of money. Because if you don't have very much money, and and typically lower education uh, uh, jurors do not have that much money, the difference between $5 million and $500 million to them is like the difference between 5000 and fifty. It doesn't really compute. So when I hear these numbers, I just, whatever you think about reparations, and I think they're crazy, and we've talked about why from a historical basis I think they're crazy, to come out with a number like $5 million for a house, for an individual, is so far outside the bounds of what even a wildly successful person in America of any race could have as assets today that it's almost like they're trying to intentionally be uh, well, as ridiculous as possible. Here's a way to put it in context, that if they went forward with this proposal, the city of San Francisco has a budget of $14 billion dollars. Based on the population, I believe it's about, uh, there are about 50,000 uh, black residents in San Francisco. San Francisco is not a huge city by population. What is it? It's uh, also not that, not that many black people who live in San Francisco. It's, it's not a, it's not general. a heavily black city and it's, it's, not, a, it's Asian, not a huge, a lot of white. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the hundreds of thousands. It doesn't even break. I don't even think San Francisco breaks a million. Um, it would cost, they have a $14 billion budget. This measure alone would cost $50 billion. So four years of its entire budget for everything, public schools, police, fire, sanitation, you name it. Four years of that, just for this, for 50,000 of the, let's call it, I, I should look up the population. I think it's like 600,000. Does that sound about right for San Francisco? Well, it depends, like that? all these geographic areas, because yeah, so many areas. people live right outside the, the larger. But this is just the San Francisco proper that they're talking about. Right, this about is San Francisco, the city of. This is not a, a county a matter. Look, the point is, folks, it's completely insane. Okay, let's just say this is totally crazy. And I understand that people might jump to the, well, this is just meaningless virtue signaling. Well, first of all, it's paid for. But this is a, these are people that are paid to do this study by the city of San Francisco. I'm not saying it's a huge amount of money, but it's obviously an enormous ways. 
but it also creates a mentality here and it sets a benchmark. And I think that's what it's meant to do. You know, when you go, when people, you talk about being a lawyer, Clay, or, you know, time when you were a lawyer, when people sue for $10 million for defamation, they really want a million, 500,000, maybe a hundred thousand, right? But they'll sue or, or, you know, uh, you know, they'll sue for some crazy large number, but they're not really going to get that number by saying it's five million. One, they get attention. Two, it makes it seem like other reparations committees, by comparison, are somewhat reasonable. If they say, "Oh, yeah. only two hundred and fifty thousand per residence," what we're thinking, and then also it, it creates this this mentality for individuals to see this. They're going to say, some of them are going to say, "City of San Francisco says I'm owed five million dollars." That's how oppressed I am. That's and that's a fortune. That's a lot of people, you know, never even get near that in their entire lifetime of earnings. It's a fortune. Yeah. You're rich if you have five million dollars. I'm so oppressed and so unjust. It's so unjust in America that they owe making me rich tomorrow, and they won't even do it. That's yeah. a poisonous mentality. It is, and it's also about, to your point, if you say, oh, five million, well, then somebody else comes back and they're like, well, we'll give you 500,000 instead, then you feel like you're getting a deal. Right. They right? call this anchoring and negotiation, where you yes. set it far off, and then it's, oh, it's reasonable by comparison. And, and so, as you kind of break this down, these conversations that they are trying to create are being shepherded in many ways by white people who are woke and feel like they have to in some way atone for their whiteness. This is a real issue in the Democrat Party that we have moved from, and and this is significant too, Buck, because it all goes to expectations. We've gone from, when you and I were kids, being taught, hey, don't judge people by their race. Treat everybody equally which is really the essence of the message of Martin Luther King, whose uh, birthday holiday was yesterday. And that, that that has rapidly evolved over really the last decade, I would say, from, hey, the goal is no longer treat everybody equally. The goal is we have to atone for what has occurred in our past. And I'll just point this out. Slavery existed everywhere all over the world for all of human civilization. Every single person that is listening to us right now has the blood of slaves running through your veins. At some point in time, you know this, Buck, as somebody who has studied history, I would venture that every single person who is listening to us right now, at some point, your ancestors were enslaved Somewhere around the world, you have someone who was a slave because the primary way, the primary way that war was waged was if you won, you took the women and the kids of your uh, of the person that you had 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 beaten and often killed all the men and took their women and children as your slaves to increase your overall wealth. That was commonplace. We're focusing exclusively on the American African slave trade, which was only legal in America, it's worth pointing out, as America as a country for 80 years, right? 1783 to 1863. That's the only time slavery was legal in this country. Before that, it was Britain's responsibility. But we are treating that 
as if it is the only slavery that has ever existed anywhere in the world, uniquely as if this is an American stain and an American sin when it went on around the world. And when, let's also put in perspective, the, the slaves were being sold by Africans, Right. It, well, this it, is why we talked whole, about like, the movie, the the war, uh, the yes, warrior, a woman king, right. warrior king. I forget. I, I think it's the a, woman, the king, woman right? king or woman, the woman warrior. king. Yeah. About the Dahomey, the Dahomey tribe of West Africa, which uh, was a, a vicious tribe of slavers taking yes. other black people as slaves. And they were the ones who were going deep into the interior of West Africa and murdering, you know, anybody who stood in their way. And taking as many captives as they could and selling them into slavery, but this is not something that often gets talked about. In, well, in the I mean, studies. and if we were going to do true reparations for the African slave trade, you would have to say, and look, I think this is crazy. Let me just preface it by saying this: but if you were going to do it, you would assess a substantial cost to Great Britain, right? Because they were the colonies; they controlled the slave trade in the United States when we were colonies. We were subject to the laws of Great Britain. And you would also assess reparations against the African countries that allowed slaves to be sold there. And then you would like, right, it's all a huge mess. But we all but even taking this seriously as as a looking at the historic, you know, yeah, if I show up in Turkey and I say you guys were engaged in a massive slave trade of Europeans for 300 years, about 200 plus years, I want to check. They would all laugh in my face, right? Yes. So we, th- this is not ever going to happen. You are only morally responsible for what you do as a person. That is the fundamental moral value that the left tries to eradicate. I have no responsibility for what my ancestors from Ireland, by the way, uh, may have done a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago. Zero, zero. I take no responsibility for it whatsoever. And people who play this game are just looking to dress up their own pursuit of power and their own redistributive Marxist nonsense and some kind of moral trappings. It's garbage. Well, and I agree. But also, how many people listening to us right now, I'm one, have white uh, ancestors who fought in the Civil War to end slavery and died? Right? Like, do I get paid because my great-great-great-great-grandfather died in the Civil War? Fighting for the Union for Kentucky? I don't think so, but he helped end slavery. Worth thinking about, like, where exactly does the moral uh, connection end? Who gets paid? Who doesn't? All this is crazy. Um, But I guess move to San Francisco if you're black. Uh, Bluetooth connections may be helpful, but they're also proving to be a way for cyber hackers to snag your information. A common scenario, a cyber hacker spots you talking on your cell with wireless speakers or driving in the car talking via Bluetooth. Either way, if they're close enough, a cyber hacker can access your phone and drop malware onto it so they can transfer data. You'll never know it happened until it's too late. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives because protecting your identity online can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock will detect and alert you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, like crimes committed by thieves pretending to be you. If and when you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist gets assigned to you to help you work to fix it. 
No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. That's C-L-A-Y. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com and use my name as the promo code CLAY for 25% off. Inspiring you to seek out the truth. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Buck, I'm still fired up about our uh, our discussion about $5 million in San Francisco uh, to every black resident, which is just a crazy amount of money. And to your point earlier, I, I the number of people that have $5 million in assets, period, in the United States of any race is a tiny, tiny pinprick of the overall United States population. But a couple of things about California in particular. California, I believe, became a state in 1850. 
It never allowed slavery. So the idea that San Francisco, as a part of a never-slave state in California, would feel compelled to pay out any kind of reparations is woke madness. Uh, Also, as you build a larger sort of context here of what is being argued for, I don't think we can underrate what they are trying to do, which is set up artificially wild bar of five million dollars so at some point they negotiate that down but how do you prove and that this is something that i think is 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 like goes to the essence of this idea a huge percentage of black people that live in america today were not here when slavery actually occurred right and on top of that even people who are here have smaller percentages of their lineage that might have been here during slavery, by which I mean there are constantly, if America was such an awful racist country, no one can ever answer this question. Why are so many people in Africa begging with every fiber of their being to be able to come to the United States? Why do Nigerian Americans out-earn white populations in the United States almost instantaneously when they arrive here because of the opportunity here. I spent over 30 years as a New Yorker, Clay, and as uh, you know, there are a lot of West African immigrants to New York City, and the data speaks to a lot of small business ownership, uh, a lot of upward yes. mobility, a lot of living the American dream, which is you come here, you do well, and so... How does that factor into all of these conversations? You know, how does the fact that, as, as you put it out, or, or as we've talked before, you know, Asian Americans have the highest per capita income, uh, Indian American, you know, when you say Asian, one, one problem I have with the term Asian is that it's, it's very broad. so big as to be essentially, you know, are you talking about somebody born in Nepal or somebody born in South Korea, right? I mean, it can be, it's too big to be really a useful term, but Asian Americans broken down by, you know, East Asia, South Asia, um, out earn their white counterparts in America on a house on a per household basis. So if that's a deeply racist system, it's a bizarre system. I mean, you know, white supremacist racist system. It's a bizarre one because when you look at the outcomes, the outcomes are not actually racist the way that we are told they are. Not at all. And and also the other complicating factor here is again, how would you assess it? Right. So use someone like. Uh, our former president, Barack Obama, he's half white, he's half black, but his dad was African, came to this country after, um, after long after slavery would have existed in this country. So would Barack Obama be entitled, if he lived in San Francisco, to reparations? Now, he's worth way more than $5 million. But, I mean, my point on this is it actually becomes supremely racist because you're going through somebody's genealogical history, their ancestry, and being like, well, you're this percentage descended from us. Like, how in the world do you figure all this stuff out? It's madness. There's, It's completely unworkable and falls into self-contradiction. But that's true of so many leftist programs and so many Democrat ideas. Really what it does is is it creates a sense of, um, a, a sense of hopelessness, it plays to a sense of people being malcontented with American society. It furthers divisions. It exacerbates 
um, resentments. All it does is tear down and destroy, ultimately, under the guise of doing justice, which is pretty much what Democrats do all the time. No doubt. Also, wasn't affirmative action designed to be a payment in some way to reconcile for past slave injustice? So there actually has been a lot of money spent on this already. More next. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 